Welcome to the Hunter's Hub. This is your host, Fortwan, joined by co-host, Pan. She's doing that mocking thing again. <laughs> Welcome. Hi. <laughs> I, uh, I sound like I've picked up a bad cigarette habit uh, because I'm still recovering from my cold turned sinus infection, turned ear infection. Mm-hmm. Exactly but, what um, happened to me. I got an ear infection from yeah. mine as well. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I haven't been to work uh, all week. I uh, I only left my house today to buy fish. Yeah. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little squirrely. <laughs> and didn't get a lot of sleep. <coughs> no, no. I stayed up till two thirty playing Heroes of the Storm with you. And then my son woke up at 3. Was it 2.30? And then he woke up at 4. Was it? It's 2.30 my time. You signed off around 2 my time. Was it really <coughs> 3 a.m. that I got off? Holy cow. Yeah. I didn't even realize. Okay. Yeah, it was 2 my time when you when you signed off. So I went to bed around 2.30. And then uh, the boy woke up at about 3.30. And, or 3, 3.30. And then he woke up about 4. And then he got up for the day at six. Oh, okay. Um, and welcome, Sasha. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I have had a much less eventful <laughs> week. I worked, <laughs> and uh, well, today I went to Frankenfest in Detroit, uh, which is like a it's a Halloween convention. Had a bunch of vendors, uh, Theater Bazaar, hmm. um, Monsters Inc was there the ghostbusters were there yeah it was pretty cool nice yeah and i did not get a sunburn huh. so i will call that a success i was in the sun for three hours and i'm still porcelain <laughs> nice about the only way that's that's one one trade i get for my native american stuff is it, it, i have to have been in water for me to get a sunburn otherwise i'm good <laughs> i i don't have that problem usually Usually, <laughs> I need to be dipped in sunscreen like Achilles in in the river, like, <laughs> or the sun is gonna take me. <laughs> oh man, I always like to imagine it like the Super Mario angry sun from Mario Three that just circles around and dives down at people. It's like sunburn, bitch, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I spent. I spent about five minutes outside, and I turned, like, coffee-colored. Oh, boy. You can tell how much time I spend outside. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't spend a ton of time outside. Uh, actually, since I started working with my dad, it's been a lot more, because we have to do a lot of stuff, uh, like at sawmills and stuff. And, yeah, it's outside. So um, we're going to be talking about female protagonists in games tonight. Um and uh, this this kind of was sparked by a, uh, a bit of a misunderstanding in our Discord. Um, but, you know, basically it ended up being, um, you know, what are some great female protagonists to talk about? Um, so uh, we decided, hey, let's talk about it and talk about some favorite games of ours. Um, and we're going to do, as usual, five each. But I have some honor honorable mentions and a backup. And I will probably mention that backup as an honorable mention if they don't get uh, said. 
Um, but for me, and this isn't true for, for all of us, but for me, these are all games that I have played and uh, enjoyed as the fe- you know playing as the female protagonist. Um, I do not necessarily identify with that character, partially being male, um, but also, you know, sometimes it's just not a person, you know, not, not a personality match for me or something, but still an enjoyable game. So, uh, um, about the same what you guys did, uh, had played them at least. Right. Yeah, I've got one that I watched my husband play because I'm a big sissy about horror games, but I mm. I wanted to add her to the list. That's if, fair. If we have to if we have to stop counting games that we have watched our husbands play, we gotta read kind of a lot of episodes. I'll put it that way. <laughs> that's that, that's true. That has happened uh, and it has come up with you a lot of times. Um, I don't have a husband, so that's not a problem. <laughs> I also don't have a wife anymore, so don't don't have that problem the other way either. It's just me playing games now. Um, so uh, you need to watch the little girls play games someday. Possibly. I mean, the three of us spent a good three hours today unlocking a bunch of new cars in um, cruising, uh, cruising blast. Today, cruising blast. I think it's called blast. Um, mine's attention span is very short so because she's two so she's been watching me play fair. Katamari which is a surprising choice of hers but it's a little relaxing for me I'll take it it's it is. colorful I, that must be mm. what it is and then she's labeling everything dog until they're screaming in pain because they've been wrapped up in the Katamari <laughs> they don't really scream in yes, pain they do. but they do they do the people do. I'm well, the dogs you. just. Well, that's true. the The people do yell, in, in at least in fear. I will say in fear, um, and the cops do shoot at pain. you. I'm gonna go with pain. But the dogs just bark. the bo- The dogs don't yelp or anything. They just bark. Now I think the cats do yelp. I think they cats, do make cat. The yelp cats sounds. do yell. Because um, I've been playing the the re roll, so it's remastered mm-hmm. is free on game pass so of course i'm gonna download that and see what i can get away with with my kid but... yeah yeah mine likes to watch me play various kinds of the farmer game yeah yeah um i will say one thing i i want to mention about this cruise and blast game it is insane so it's like uh, if you ever played Cruising USA in the arcade, it's it's in that series. Um, this was made by 21 people. I looked this up today. Just 21 people, and it's an amazing game for just 21 people. But the amount of vehicles you can be is like uh, there's like 18 or something vehicles, and there's like oh here's like this like super up like sports car or whatever, and they've got the model name and everything. And then it piqued my interest when my daughter unlocked Unicorn as one of the cars. And then Triceratops. And then SWAT Helicopter. And Tank. And oh, there's all sorts of just crazy cars. Um, and all of the cars um, have at least three out of four of uh, customization options, which include Neon Lights. Um, decals, bodywork, 
and engine work. So we maxed out the unicorn, and uh, it gains flaming hooves. It basically becomes Rapidash. And then the body works gives it Pegasus wings. And then the engine work is they strap a rocket to it. <laughs> this game is insane. I love it. Um... Anyways, that is has nothing to do with female protagonists. Uh, I do not believe that any of those cars and or dinosaurs, horses, or whatever identify as male or female. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, so yeah, uh, I guess I'll lead us off tonight, and I'm going to start with a pretty duh one for a lot. Of, oh, go ahead. Wait, before you go with this duh one. Mm-hmm. I need to drop my hot take. Okay. I need yes. to be Morg. Uh-oh. <sighs> Samus Aran does not count for tonight. Damn it. That was the one I was going to talk about. Why? She's not a character. Yes, she is. They ma- they, have my the devs made her a girl because they realized at the end of it that it didn't matter if she was male or female, so they thought it'd be funny to make her a girl. Okay, yes, the origin of her being a girl is not very, very um, positive, we'll say. Not very positive. But they have fleshed her out as a character since, especially in something like Metroid Fusion, where she actually does have a, you know, monologue and thought process and stuff but i was gonna say internal dialogue yes um okay that's fine that's fine my the 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 giant asterisk on this is metroid fusion so i'll give it to you and that's what i was going to talk about it for is is metroid fusion which is my favorite my favorite metroid game it's steve's favorite too he's like drooling he's like drooling at metroid dread oh yeah no it's already pre-ordered for me um samus as a character, wasn't very... You're right. In in the original NES version, yeah, it was not very flattering to have, like, ha-ha, wouldn't it be funny if it was a girl? Um, and then she had not a lot of development and or, let's say, none until uh, the Game Boy titles, which would have been a fusion. Uh, and there is dialogue about, you know, her trying to figure out what's going on, her trying to sort of figure out like why are these scientists always dying everywhere I go? Like, what are they doing? Like it's, it's actually a kind of, um, to me, it reminds me of a bit of a noir story. She ends up being like a, um, like her own private detective trying to figure out what's going on since, since she has parted ways with the military faction or whatever. Um, while I will not say that Samus is the most fleshed out or positive female figure on this list, um, that is still one of the funnest games I have played as a girl. And no, But I always knew she was a girl before I played. Because I didn't play my first Metroid until 2013, and that was Super Metroid. Actually, that's not true. I played Metroid Prime sometime before that. And it's very clear in Metroid Prime that she's female because you can see her face in the visor, especially when the the flashes come up. Um, Like if you shoot something and there's a bright flash, you'll actually see your face in the uh, visor, which I thought was a cool touch. Um, 
And there's a bit of development, I think, in the Prime series as well, as far as a character. Um, I will say I have never played Other M, and Other M is the one that people really point to being a super not positive take on Samus, being sort of subservient to whatever commander she's under. Um, I've only heard bits and pieces of why it's it's bad. Um I will not want. I do not want to discount how terrible that is uh, because I've heard it is atrocious. Um, Adam, under Adam. Okay, thanks for that, Steve. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, of course, his name. His name is Adam. Is that like an Adam and Eve thing? Okay. <laughs> um, it also like Adam literally means man. True. Oh, well, yeah, that's, yeah, more problematic. <laughs> but, um, yes, yes. Yeah, the same guy in Fusion. Uh, oh, okay, it was a reference to Fusion. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I enjoy Fusion. I'm looking forward to Dread. I thought Samus was a great character. Uh, I was a little thrown off by hand leading off i'm not allowed to pick my very first one on my list but okay <laughs> i'm just i'm just trying to bring a little bit of morgue energy to this with with the bad hot takes <laughs> i don't think it's bad i mean she's not a positive one in a lot of games a lot of games one thing that was very very fun for me when we <clears throat> when uh smash brothers was taken off back on the n64 mm-hmm. i played with my brothers a bunch and one of my brothers, uh, he played. He mained Samus, mm-hmm. and you know, as uh, the language of um, people in the you know uh, edgy teenagers in the early two thousands, uh, you know, I said uh, some derogatory things about him for playing as a girl character. Oh yeah, sure, yeah, we've all done that, right? And uh, <laughs> I was eleven, but anyways. Uh, he was so pissed off and defensive uh, for me uh, saying that Samus was a girl. And he was like 16, 17, by the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I got pretty upset over Melee when I was 15 or 16. So. So, yeah, he would, like, throw his controller and stuff sometimes, and it, it was good. It was good. I found, I found, like, one way to get under his skin. The other way was to play Ness, which, like, hard counters Samus. Yeah, Ness is mean. Ness, I cannot, I cannot play Ness worth a crap, but he is mean. He is straight up broken in old, in old Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. PK Fire deals too much damage, and his bubble heals way too much health. I prefer to hit people with the baseball bat, and that's probably why I lose. <laughs> <laughs> Although you can baseball bat uh, back projectiles, you can do that. Um, so yeah, uh, I, Samus Aran from the Metroid series. So mostly fusion for me is where I enjoyed her the most and summon prime. Uh, I never finished all the primes though. I tried several times. I finished one, got most of the way to two through two and never touched three. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, so Sasha, what's your first one tonight? Um, I'm going to go with one that started as a an escort mission and turns into your protagonist is Clementine from the Walking Dead series. 
Um, oh, yeah. okay. So I I love Clementine. I think that having watched her grow from being like the toddler, basically that you're you're escorting through season one to um, mm-hmm. a very badass young woman surviving years into the the zombie apocalypse. Um, you kind of feel like like her mom a little bit. Um, and she's, I don't know, she's just so tough and she embodies, I think, all of the, the positive and negative traits that I think you would need to have to survive in the apocalypse. And it's what makes her essentially alone most of the time, with the exception of mm. her own escort mission when it comes full circle in the last season. So. Oh, as a little kid, she has to escort uh, it as well? Yeah, I mean, he's even even more fucked up and badass than she is if i'm totally honest um but it's because Mm. it's it i think it's just a product of being raised in the apocalypse there is there has never been any sure there's their normal is survival so there's no room for snuggles and rainbows and butterflies it's cut your hair short aim for the head be quiet all day long so, yeah, her her escort was born after the 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 kid she escorts was born after the apocalypse. Yes, interesting. Yeah, I never played any of the Walking Dead stuff, so I I will say it's. I mean, I think it's it's tough on your your heart. Every season is every season, mm-hmm. um, but it is excellent writing and i have to say like as far as character development goes not even just clementine but most of the characters that you encounter i think have very realistic development realistic responses to the problems that they're encountering and ultimately it just comes down to the biggest threat is other people not the zombies the zombies are just an added barrier but it's it's the people but with clementine i think what i love about her the most is She's really, really smart. She is resourceful. She is, she listens and learns from almost every situation that she's in. And that's one of those like funny things from Telltale Games of like, they'll remember that. But mm-hmm. Clementine really does remember that. And it is what keeps her going. So. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I uh, unfortunately never got into The Walking Dead. I was out season one, episode two. I was just out. I. Oh, so you just you I, haven't you haven't been gutted by Telltale properly. No, the only Telltale game I played and I quite enjoyed it was the Batman ones. And they are awesome. They are a good time, but um, but they don't gut your heart. They are not emotional. No, no, <laughs> they are not. They try to be, but they are not. <laughs> Oh man! The Wolf Among Us uh, uh, Telltale games are excellent if you like Fable, Fables, the comic mm-hmm. series. Okay. Uh, if I if I pick it up, it'll probably be one of those big collections where they have them all because they do that quite often. Yeah. All right. So uh, Telltale, Clementine. There you go. I had to think of it a second. It's been a, I you never played it. So, <laughs> all right. Um, so, Pan, what's your first one tonight? My first one was Clementine. Oh, nice. <laughs> double, double it up. Um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, my first one was Clementine um, because it, like I, like like she said, it's fascinating watching her go from the escort mission to, uh, like cracking knuckles, busting skulls, and like getting things done. Um, <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> trying to find my voice again. Uh, I can talk, I swear. Okay, so the one that I was going to bring up, so uh, Steve and I, we were talking during a, we basically did a road trip around town today uh, looking for an obscure piece of equipment for our aquarium. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking a lot about what I was going to talk about tonight, and uh, Stella from Spiritfarer came up. <clears throat> Which have I, Did either of you play Spiritfarer? No. Okay. Well, then I'm going to be vague, but um, <clears throat> a little vague. So Spiritfarer, the premise of Spiritfarer is that you are a little girl named Stella. You have a cat. I think its name is Daffodil. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. Played this back during quarantine. Um, but uh, And Stella is taking over for Charon uh, as the guide of the dead. <clears throat> oh, okay. And uh, as you sail the River Styx in your little houseboat, you keep like adding buildings so you can like make your guests more comfortable on the boat on their way to uh, the gates of oblivion. Um, it's all about sort of uh, just helping the spirits that you pick up along the way sort of come to terms with their death and uh, be prepared for uh, the next journey, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, okay. So and as the game unfolds. You sort of learn more about what Stella was, what Stella used to be like, because you know Stella looks like a little girl. But as you, as the game progresses, you realize Stella's not really a little girl. Yeah. But Stella's not the one I want to talk about. So the spirits you pick up. Um, okay. They become, they do tasks on your ship, like give you craftables, um, or like they'll they'll grow your plants, or they'll uh, they'll cook food for you, or they'll do stuff. That uh, makes your fulfilling quests easier. Because you go on quests as you sail around. Um, go on little adventures. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the spirits you pick up is, uh, her name is Summer. And she, she looks like a python wearing a bathrobe, basically. Like all the spirits you pick up, they look like some kind of animal wearing funny clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Summer, uh, and as you talk to Summer, you find out that Summer... Um, was married to uh, to Stella's aunt uh, back when Summer was alive. And uh, she uh, was basically this, like, hippie who uh, really liked gardening and, uh, you know, always ate organic and all this other stuff. And uh, as, as you do quests for Summer to help Summer sort of come to terms, Summer's part of your party because she does tasks. So she, she is a character. She is part of the party. Mm-hmm. She is an antagonist in this, or a protagonist in this story. Okay. Um, but you fo- you sort of learn about how, uh, like, Summer's sort of last few years uh, fighting cancer. Hmm. And uh, so, um, as you're going on quests with Summer up and down the River Styx, uh, every so often, this, like, weird mutant dragon attacks your boat. Hmm. And, uh, like, every time you fight it off, Summer uh, sort of remembers more and more about, about you know, what she was like as a person. Because she doesn't really remember her life. 
So she starts to remember more and more about like fighting off the cancer and fighting off the the dragon that kept rearing its head throughout her life. Yeah. Because she had multiple bouts of cancer, and it's it's just sort of fascinating watching Summer like talk to talk to Stella and sort of talk out like her last days or her, her last few years and how um, Stella really sort of was a bright light uh, in her last the the last part of her life. Stella being her her uh, niece by marriage. Hmm. Um, wow. Because uh, yeah, yeah, it is fascinating. So yeah, every uh, every character uh, in Spirit sort of has a sort of journey they have to go through as you take them on quests through sticks, uh, where they sort of come to terms with uh, how they died. Interesting and, uh, that they yeah. made. Um cancer or dragon because that's that's another reference uh there's another indie game that, that won a lot of war awards in the game awards called that dragon cancer that was about uh, a family who lost their son to cancer and the two of them made a game about that experience called that dragon cancer i wonder because i know like a lot of these little indie devs like go to the same like game jams and stuff mm-hmm. i wonder if that was like some kind of maybe an idea that they uh sort of swapped it a game jam. Interesting. Because, yeah, you do this sort of mini-game where you have to... The dragon, by the way, the cancer dragon, uh, when you do the mini-game, that's how you get ores to, mm-hmm. you know, you smelt into bars because craft... Everything's a survivor craft game. Yeah. So you have to, like, jump on the dragon's back and, like, hit it with a pickaxe to, like, fight it and also get ores. Some so monster hunter action in there, too. Yeah. Pickaxe and a dragon. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it is such a fascinating, sad game. Mm. But it's it's it is like you've got to be in the right mood for it. Um, my husband, like he could not put it down. He bought it for me, and uh, I was <laughs> playing it on the Switch, and he like kind of you know got sucked into the story of it, and he just kept taking the Switch and playing it. Mm. This is before you had two Switches, though. Yeah, yeah. This was back during quarantine. So yeah, last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Uh, this this experience is actually kind of what put the seed in my head of getting two switches. Yeah, yeah, I could understand that. Speaking of which, um, I am down to one switch because Emery's died again, not by her own fault. Um, it won't charge anymore. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, so I gave her my old switch, and I'm going to be using the one I have. So I have We're no back down switch. To three switches. No switch at all. Well, Spiritfarer is available <laughs> on most, most. Uh, I think it's on Game Pass, platforms. but I have to be honest. I knew that there was a cancer thing in it, and you know that's like a topic that you know ooh, makes me sad. I don't want to. No, I, I've been. No, no. There's clear. a. Yeah, yeah. There's um. So like a lot of the spirits that you pick up, um, they're they're pretty vague about like where they were in life and things like that until you start talking to them. And there's, like, one spirit who just really cannot nail down, like, details about their life. Mm. And then you realize they died of Alzheimer's. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. Oh, man. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, it is It is an intense game. It's. It's very pretty. It's very calm and chill, but it's also just oddly intense. Mm. But yeah, um, so Summer from Spiritfarer, 
is uh yeah oh yeah i sh- i will say the 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 sort of like crux of summer's uh story is that uh her first bout of ca- with cancer is kind of um she was she was a scientist who ge- who made gmos and she oh. she just randomly got cancer and so she decided to go become a vegan hippie uh after she recovered from cancer and that's where she met her wife mm. And then they lived happily ever after for several years until the uh, until the dragon came back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but that's like I don't know. It just Summer was just like my favorite character in that game. Okay. Stella is also a pretty cool protagonist too, and I I don't even want to dive into things about Stella if you're ever gonna play this game. Fair. Okay. I may. I. Uh... I have a lot of games to clean up, but I'll look at it. It does not have a ton of game play time. Okay. That makes it easier, that's for sure. Um, okay. So, uh, I'm going to go for the uh, next super obvious one, which is uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. And, yeah, I know. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, now, I will say this. As a game... The original Tomb Raiders were not super great for me. I didn't like. I played them. They were the thing to play. It was funny as a young adolescent boy to make fun of her chest because they looked like rockets. Like it was, it was a thing when I was growing up. It is funny as a young adolescent girl to make fun of her chest. It's okay. However, I like to focus on the game I actually like, which is the Tomb Raider remakes. That they've been doing. Now I've only played the first one. But my goodness. They are. they are. I'm not a, not super high up on survival games. Um, but this survival crafting adventure. That is the new Tomb Raiders. On top of collecting all the artifacts and stuff. Um, is insanely cool. Um, now. Also there is some insane like. Uh, I don't know. Body horror, I guess is what you would call it. Um, and the very first, like, half hour of the game, you fall through some rebar. Like, that should just kill goes her. through you. Yeah, the tetanus that should have killed her before the end of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also deal a little bit with, um, I don't know, the fact she's never killed anybody, but the first time she kills somebody, she cries for five minutes, and then she's a murder machine the rest of the game. Um, <laughs> that's that's like in fucking Rick and Morty. Yeah, I mean, but they also do this in The Last of Us. Like, the same thing happens with Ellie. They make a big deal about her the first time she kills someone, <coughs> and then she's just... Doing it all over again, like, um, but I will say the games themselves were enjoyable. I think they did a good job to sway Laura away just from some distant, rich know-it-all that she was in the original games. Um, sort of like a bland, flat personality. She's like, oh, well, she was basically rich and British. It was her personality, and her father died. And you're like, okay cool you know like let's have some depth here and there wasn't um go ahead i was gonna say we've never seen a rich british orphan protagonist before i mean we have there's lots of those okay 
I can't think of any though. That was my that was my confusion. Is like American version would be Batman. Yeah, Batman, Batman with the Kimbo pistols. Um. Uh, but the newer ones, I don't know. They made it feel a little more realistic, even though yeah, she should have died from tetanus. Um, or the all fact that, that she has no muscles on her body, so the very first time she runs and jumps and grabs onto something, her arms should have like broken right off of her torso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I get it. It's, it's. I want to see some entirely unrealistic on her. The stuff she's doing, she, she doesn't have the body to do that. I'm sorry, she doesn't. But now, the games are enjoyable. Now, I do agree. Yeah, they the uh, they are. Um, they are much more enjoyable than the old ones that, who had, uh, as they used to lovingly call them, tank controls like Resident Evil. Um, so I think that's where my my initial hate for platformers came from is the like jumping mechanics in the original Tomb Raider was really really challenging for me. Oh well, they're challenging for people in general. Yes. Like they were tough games, uh, in my opinion, at least. Um, the uh, the remake was much more uh, digestible. I actually finished it. Uh, I don't think I ever finished a previous Tomb Raider game, uh, even though I have tried several times, even as a later adult, and still have not been able to finish them. Um, but there is one thing over the old ones had that I kind of enjoyed. It was a little bit more of the fantastical element, like fighting a T-Rex or something like that. You don't get a lot of that in the new Tomb Raider. Um, uh, but you do get, uh, I do enjoy her use of ice picks a lot in the new, new Tomb Raiders. Um, yeah, it's pretty brutal, but it works. Uh, it makes it believable that she is not as strong as the people she is fighting, but she knows where to hit. Um, so I, I do, I do enjoy that. Um, this, it's a touch of realism. It is obviously not realism, but it's a touch of realism that I think that the series benefited from. And yeah, again, the rebar, all sorts of things that should have killed her all over again. Um, I actually had not watched the new movie, uh, that was based on the new Laura until like uh, last month. And it was, wasn't, wasn't terrible. I wasn't forgot great. there was one. Yeah. Yeah, it it po- kind of follows the story of the the first Tomb Raider remake, kind of, not exactly, but. Where does Laura get hit by the rebar? Through the side. Yes, and you know, thankfully, missed some major organs when that happened. To be fair. To be fair. When I was a kid. Uh my uh my best friend when i was my best friend when i was when i was uh 14 uh-huh he got impaled by a bicycle handlebar uh. in, his stom- in his abdomen out his back oh. greatest every organ thank you for giving me another thing to <laughs> panic about <laughs> yeah you know those rubber guards on the handlebars keep those shits on there yeah, yeah he, no he was he just turned and then his bike fell over and he fell on top of it now to be fair wow. he had raging infections for months yeah i so that still doesn't excuse laura but the initial injury all there was was a hole 
Wow. All there was is a hole. That's still hard. <laughs> I mean, a hole about this big. Listeners, I'm holding up my fingers in an okay sign. My f- uh, And the, the O part is about the size of a 50-cent piece in America. Yeah, that's... Europeans, just... Canadians, I don't know how big your coins are. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, to be fair, when I, when I was 14, oh my, my best friend God. got impaled by a bicycle handlebar, and uh, the initial injury did not kill him. Well, apparently... The subsequent infections. Apparently, Lara didn't get any infections. <laughs> yeah, now I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But I that. guess we there was no epilogue. We don't know what happened after the first game before the next one. No. Yeah. No. She disappears yeah. just fine. No no PTSD from being nearly raped seven times or all this other stuff she went through in the first one. The DLC is full and- spectrum antibiotics. <laughs> also to be fair, like women have more organs down there than men. Three okay. organs. So uh yeah, Laura Croft Tomb Raider. I enjoyed the new ones. Um, the old ones are kind of fun for the shooting dinosaurs, but that's about it. And uh, there you go. That's my last, uh, I will say, cliche one. There, there. I my my other choices are games that I have played that are a little less popular. So there you go. Uh, so Sasha, what's your second one? Um, okay, the. This one probably will be the least fleshed out character out of everyone. But Mm -hmm. I picked Zoe from Left 4 Dead. And the reason why is because when this game came out, I felt like I was looking at myself in a video game. Like I was actually looking at myself. She is a, I mean, a very vanilla boring person because I am a very vanilla boring person, but... She's a white girl with brown hair and a little ponytail, little chucks. Her, it was, you know, the early 2000s, so the track jacket thing, like the skinny jeans. That was, that was my whole high school look, but there was like an emo, like some emo band underneath my track jacket. It's the only like added thing. So I, sure. I uh, really identified with Zoe, and I'd like to honorable mention here Rochelle from the second game because I think that representation is very important, and I think that there are probably a lot of people who also identified with her, um, and maybe for the first time, kind of seeing a character that looked like them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I liked it, and there were other things about Zoe. Um, like I said, I in I think an earlier episode, I I've played through the Left 4 Dead campaigns with the commentary on. So they did do mm-hmm. they do give you like a little bit of backstory about all the characters as you're going through. And I think at the time that I was playing Left 4 Dead the most, I was an undergrad and Zoe at the time of the apocalypse is a college student who like gets pulled into the mm-hmm. thick of it for it like in her dorm room is where it all starts for her. So it just was, yep. uh, felt like I felt like I was playing myself. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, her and, um, what's the, I always forget his name. Which game? One or uh, two? The black guy. One. Um, Lewis. Lewis. Her and Lewis always had some great dialogue. 
Um, I normally played as Lewis because he was the middle manager IT guy, um, which which is what I identified with. Um, he's he's that's skinny. a real stretch. What? I said that before. You said he's skinny. Oh, okay. I said the the middle manager IT. That was not a weight joke. That was a you are a IT guy joke. That yeah, was I bad know. timing. No, I didn't think you were talking about the fact he was skinny at all. You're fine. Um, yeah, no. Uh, the I I liked him because he was like he was like this is crazy guys like oh my gosh <laughs> and then she was always just like dude chill. <laughs> Zoe's lines were she was kind of like the 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 butter for that like the whether the not the butter but like the glue for the whole group like <laughs> she's kind of what kept it together butter the opposite the opposite of what that was um so <laughs> so I I don't know I actually like Zoe pretty well but I like a lot of the Left 4 Dead 1 crew I didn't I did like I didn't really get to play Left 4 Dead 2 a lot um because Again, I was really into Left 4 Dead 1. They added in a melee cooldown, and I was out. I was like, I can't do all my crazy strats that I was doing with my buddies. Like, this game is dead to me, and I just never played it again. <sighs> but I probably would have identified with Coach. <laughs> that's <laughs> who I played one. in the second one every time. But that's because there's a reason he's the biggest character and the one that the computer's going to target all of the time. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm not going to have the, the computer play as coach. Right. Right. So there we go. Um, number two for Sasha. So uh, number three, uh, number two for Pan. I don't know why I thought we started on you. All right, um, <clears throat> I'll take you guys back, <clears throat> picture it, um, Nebraska, 2003, mm -hmm. I think 2003. I'm just imagining a small town, that's all I'm imagining. Does it help the town was called Hickman? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> I see you're Googling it, Sasha. Hickman. That's what it's called, okay? So, Hickman, Nebraska. I don't got no video games. Because my house burned down a few months ago. Yeah. But it's Christmas. And what do I get for Christmas? But a Game Boy Advance SP... And a copy of Fire Emblem. I don't know what Fire Emblem is, but it had a really cool commercial. Mm-hmm. It had a really cool commercial they were airing back then. And I really wanted that. That commercial just sold me. I, di I didn't care what it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I popped that game in. And uh, what do you know it? But the very first character you're introduced to, who is like the, the ancient foretold chosen one who draws the sword from the stone, literally, it's in like the fourth mission. You draw the, you draw the, first, the, the ancient sword from the stone and everything. But Lynn, who has like every single like fantasy protagonist trope about her. Hmm. Her village has been destroyed. She's the last surviving member of her tribe. She's the daughter of the chief. 
Uh, she pulled the sacred sword from the stone, and these two mysterious knights from a faraway land have have uh, called to pick her up because she is a long-lost princess. What? But she was the daughter of the chief. There's yes, two, yes. There's and, two the chief's lineage wife, problems. and the chief's wife uh, okay. was the king's uh, daughter who ran away 16 years ago. Of course she hooked up with the chief. Gosh. Those guys. Yeah. Those guys. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna slum it on the plains of Sakay, at least you're gonna do it with the chief instead of some lowborn commoner. Anyways. that's not how that works at a tribe. <laughs> I know. So, well, anyway, she's the, so. I was just super jazzed to have this fantasy game. Uh, where the main, the very first main character you're introduced, and there's a lot of main characters in Fire Emblem. There's a lot of them. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's worse nowadays. Imagine. But I mean, f- there was how many in in Three Houses? Uh, like I haven't played it yet. Sev- seven, seven per house. So like twenty one. <laughs> yeah. So Lynn of the Lorca tribe. Uh, she um, yeah. So these two knights. Have come because the the king that they serve is dying, and his uh, he's on his deathbed, and his last wish is to see his long lost daughter, and to see his long lost daughter. But they arrive like a week too late because her tribe has been wiped out by by an enemy nation. Mm-hmm. And so they they have come to spirit her away to uh to her mother's homeland, uh, where she can claim her rightful place on the throne as the princess of I f- I forget the the country, Kaelin, the princess of mm-hmm. Kaelin. And so the very first the very first story arc is all about just getting her to Kaylin, um, and the uh, the king's brother has, is sending henchmen after her because if you know the king's brother dies before she gets there, he's the king. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I was just super jazzed to be like you know 14 and I'm playing this fantasy game, and uh, and the main protagonist Luke, the Luke Skywalker wannabe is a girl, and that made me happy. Yeah. That made me very happy. Um, Lynn herself does not have a whole lot of character. Okay. She is she is lay noble, uh, truth, justice, and uh, I guess uh, the Sakaian way. Yeah. But um, she, uh, yeah, I like her. Okay. She's also like the best. She's the best swordsman in the game. That's cool, and swordsmen are obviously a. You know, really sought after in the Fire Emblem universe, considering there's like seven of them in Smash. But she's got blue hair too. Nice, nice. Because Just you know, there everything aren't, perfectly. There aren't enough. There aren't enough blue-haired swordsmen in Fire Emblem. You know. Mm-mm. No. Coincidentally, I don't think there are a lot in Three Houses. I think they're <laughs> mostly blonde or black-haired. <laughs> Sasha, I don't know if you've played many Fire Emblem games. One. Blue is se- blue is seemingly a dominant trait in the in this universe. Probably yes. Yeah, if you ever look at the Smash Brothers roster and you see a bunch of blue-haired people, just assume it's Fire Emblem. And the Sonic. fire the Fire Emblem games are usually not even related either, so it's not like it's a family tree thing. No. It's no. like Final Fantasy. Yeah. <clears throat> so, all right. Fire Emblem. Uh, and which one was this? The 
Fire the Emblem title. Fire Emblem Game Boy Advance, also called Fire Emblem Burning Blade, uh, Lynn of Lorca. Okay. All right. <coughs> so uh, I talked about this game uh, since uh, since Sasha has been on, um, and I talked about it a little bit because it took me about two years to finish. Um, but I did a little research on her character uh, because she entertains me. She's the, the one character uh, here that uh, I actually was actively was like, yes, what she is saying is hilarious to me, and I love it. Uh, which is Shelly Bombshell, in quotations, Harrison. Uh, her, her name in the game is Shelly Bombshell from Ion Fury. This is the Duke Nukem clone game uh, from 3D Realms I talked about a few months ago, or for a few weeks ago. Um, so Shelly, uh, they didn't mention her by name several times, is a uh, demolitions expert in the global defense force of this universe. And... Um, I didn't know this uh, before I, I played this game. I didn't realize this was a prequel. And the prequel of Ion Fury to uh, Bombshell was the name of the uh, game, which is why she's called Shelly Bombshell Harrison. Because, uh, you know, Bombshell's named after her character. Uh, has lost an arm. Well, she has two arms in the game I played, so this must happen during the events of Bombshell, because I do not... And I didn't know this also. This game is essentially got a Metacritic of 2 out of 10. Bombshell. Was probably was like super buggy, really boring, problematic, and all that kind of stuff. But for some reason, Ion Fury just did it better. Um, Ion Fury didn't do too well. But anyways, I played it. Uh, it took me a while to complete just because it's a tough game and I'm an idiot and I, any sort of Doom-like game I play on the second to hardest difficulty because I feel like I can because I do that with Doom. So I played I played this game quite a bit. Her one-liners are hilarious to me just like they are with Duke Nukem. Um, she has all sorts of great lines like... That'll be a mess, or like when you blow gib someone essentially blow them up with a rocket launcher and they go everywhere. And she's like, "Well, that'll be a mess for the janitor, because you, you, you're a lot of times you're going through corporate buildings and stuff. It's actually kind of cool. You're going after this corporate scientist and bringing down his company, um, <laughs> man by man with his private army. Um, lot it, it is a it is a fun game uh like i said it's a lot of a lot of 90s one-liners kind of stuff that she does um and it's it's gender flipped obviously um cuz you know she's a woman and she's killing a bunch of dudes um and uh there's the actually there's the duke nukem thing where if you walk up and you look at a mirror you'll see duke nukem say damn i look good and uh uh, Shelly won't even, she's just like, oh crap, I got some of that, uh, I got some blood in my hair today or something like that. Like, it's just like, like, oh man, it, it's a funny, she's a funny character. Um, very, um, uh, confident, cocky, all that kind of stuff that is, that is this kind of thing. But I do suggest playing an eye on fury, even though apparently it's a prequel to a game that did so terribly. Um, not sure if I'll play Bombshell. Didn't know it was a prequel. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So there we go. 
Shelly Bombshell Harrison. Um, not exactly an indie game, but not exactly a AAA either. So, because 3D Realms is a known uh, company. Um, they published it. I don't remember who developed it, but um, so yeah. And it's if you like Doom or Duke Nukem, it's a good game. So there you go. Um, Sasha, what's your uh, third pick? Okay, so I really like the PC, like, 90s point-and-click style games. So things like Day of the Tentacle, Full Throttle, Maniac Mansion, all of that kind of stuff. So there is mm-hmm. um, there is a series called the Blackwell series that there are five games, mm-hmm. and it follows a protagonist named Rosangela Blackwell. And Rosangela Blackwell is a... She is a journalist in the first game, and she's kind of a nobody. Um, she lives in, like, a one-bedroom, like, flat. And she's she starts getting these, like, really bad headaches uh, the day before she receives a letter letting her know that her aunt, her, like, great-aunt, who she didn't have a relationship with, has died, and she is mm-hmm. the closest living relative and there's a will and she has to go and um, find out what her aunt has left her. What she finds that her aunt has left her is medium skills. So her aunt um, was a psychic medium who could see ghosts. And when her aunt died, the gift was passed on to her. So these headaches that she's getting um, was the psychic skill kind of manifesting. So she starts Hmm. seeing this guy named, um, I had to pull up uh, some stuff because I played this game a while ago. She starts seeing this ghost um, named Joey. And Joey is a detective. And he's like, wow, Hmm. um, you can see me. Let's, uh, Let's do some shit. Basically, he's like, I'm bored. I've got, you know, I've got nothing else to do. Like, let's let's uh, let's do something with your psychic medium skills. And apparently Joey used to follow her aunt around and they would help ghosts move on. So it's very like uh, Mm. dead like me, ghost whisperer, that kind of thing. But um, so she ends up by the end of the first game, kind of deciding that journalism isn't really working for her it's not it's not paying the bills it's not um she's she's not winning any prizes so she decides to open up kind of like a private detective slash paranormal help ghosts move on psychic agency and then that's what the rest of the games are about Hmm. Yeah, so um, it's it's like identical to um, with game mechanics, identical to any of those like point and click '90s games. Find um, you need to make sure that you're picking up the right uh, inventory. Some of it is junk and you'll never need it. Uh, others are really important later on um, mm-hmm. to solve puzzles. Moon logic, yeah, Yay. yeah, but um, otherwise, yeah. I think uh, I think Rosangela is a pretty um, and I think she's an enjoyable character in the sense that she's, I think she's like in her twenties. She's pretty young. She's got like, life hasn't, you know, beaten her down yet, even though she's not, <laughs> she's not an accomplished, uh, anything in her career choice, but she's educated. She's, um, she seems to have people's best interests in heart, obviously, since she's decided to forego a career to help, 
ghosts move on. I don't know what kind of compensation she's going to get for that, but I like you her. Ever read a, you ever read a dirty job? No. Okay. <clears throat> so there's a book by uh, Christopher Moore, who is a, he writes silly books. Uh, a dirty job is a, it's a book about basically that premise, uh, the premise of the Blackwell legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the main protagonist, uh, his name's Charlie Adler. Uh, so, uh, uh, the universe basically uh, makes him luckier uh, because he is providing a service to the universe, uh, helping souls move on, and uh, etc. And uh, hmm. he basically he runs his he like inherited a pawn shop from his dad. So, um, just like people will like just die and like they. Uh, he just scores big at estate sales, like, all the time. Or, hmm. um, like, like this one lady, she, uh, she died because she, um, she ate the do not eat packet at the bottom of the beef jerky. And her husband was just so distraught and confused at her death that he just sold all of her, like, super designer clothes at uber cheap to, like, uh, Charlie's, uh, pawn shop. Hmm. And then he was able to make money off that. So that's how she makes money. That's gotcha. my head cannon. <laughs> but a dirty job is the funny one of the funniest books I've ever read. Second funniest because the funniest book I've ever read was a different book by that same author. <clears throat> still the Hard Luck Hank series for me that I talked about. Still, still those. Were you here for that, Pan? No, that was uh, Sasha was here for that. That's the that's the space mutant who's like Wolverine except. He uh, he heals back scars and he gets heavier and heavier and heavier, um, and he's a detective, sort of. Uh, he's various things across the, the series. So does he look like? Okay, you said you were watching Venture Bros. Did you get to the Fantastic yes. Four episode yet? Not yet. Uh, I'm still in season one, but I'm okay. watching it. It's in season one or season two. Uh, mm -hmm. there is a character that. Probably looks exactly like uh, Hard Luck Hank. Probably, probably. Um, uh, I'm not sure. The last one I clearly remember is where the Doctor remembers that he's the one that effed up the space station with his cowboy toy. I don't know if you remember that one, but basically, um, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna. Yes, that is what happens in that episode. Yeah, though, but I wasn't going to spoil it. But uh, that, the, but that's that's the thing of that episode. They're trying to fix that space station. Anyways, uh, that that. Boy, so the Blackwell what is that legacy. Guy's name? Yeah. Rusty Venture is who you're trying to remember, but the Blackwell legacy. Mm-hmm. Point and click adventure. The only one I played that I really loved, it was a point and click adventure, was uh, they did a remaster or a remake of the Monkey Island stuff. Monkey Island. So funny. Yeah, it is. It's great. Um, love comedy in games. I wish comedy in games were much more of a thing, honestly. Because um, it, it were I don't know. They, they don't necessarily, there's like funny characters, but like, there's not a lot of like straight up comedic games. 
Uh, except those, like, Monkey Island, I would say, is one of those where it is just comedic. I've got one for you. Mm-hmm. Death Spank. Death Spank. Death Spank. I've heard of this. There's Death Spank, and then there's it. Death Spank the Baconing. Yes! Yes! It's the it's the night. Yes, I played this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Death Spank. That's right. I I forgot about that. That was a long time ago. Boy. That was an indie game too, wasn't it? Yeah, I I remember that it intrigued me enough that I think I paid the full fifteen bucks for it on Xbox Arcade, which mm-hmm. I didn't do that often but it was really fun i felt like i was playing jack black yeah 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 i mean i don't remember if i finished that game or not but i definitely played it i definitely played it um wow spank in the thongs of virtue that's what it was you had to get the oh yes the guy the guy (laughs) who made death spank also worked on monkey island nice that makes sense he has a sense of humor I will say the funniest <laughs> game I have ever played was unintentionally fun. Well, no, it was intentionally funny, but the game itself was not funny. Um, it was uh, um, Bullet uh, Bullet Storm. Was it Bullet Storm? Um, the Duke The Duke Nukem edition of Bullet Storm, where they just supplanted Duke Nukem over the main character, and they don't change any dialogue for anyone but Duke. And he's like, my name's not great, damn it, I'm Duke fucking Nukem, like, all the time. It's just like, oh. He's like, he's so frustrated because nobody knows him. And he's like, a, he's like in his universe, he's like the biggest action star ever. And it's just, oh, it's so good. Blood oh, Dragon. Man. Okay, yeah. I, I still have yet to play Blood Dragon. There's that. So, point and click adventure. Funny games. Um... And what was that one again? Uh, Blackwell series. The Blackwell yes. series. Okay. Great female protagonist in the Blackwell yes. series. Rosangela I'm Blackwell. Looki- I'm looking to see if it's on GOG. The Blackwell series? Okay. Hey, there's a bundle. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. I will look into that. Yep, it's on GOG. 15 bucks for the bundle. I don't know what all comes in the bundle. Hopefully all the games. There's Yeah, there should be five games. Four of them are um, sequential, and then I think the fifth game is a prequel, and I've not played the fifth one, so I don't know if you're actually Rosangela or if you're her aunt. Oh, it says it com- includes the four- first four games, so I wonder if the fifth one is either newer, so they don't want to throw it in the bundle. Or it's by a different developer, so therefore it's not licensed the same. Yeah, that could be it. All right, Pan, what's the third one for? All right, well, I uh, I I'm gonna have to stretch a bit. Okay. So uh, as as we uh, discussed, um, ha ha. He's doing like he's doing like cartoon stretching. Not yes. not like cartoon stretching like a Looney Tune, but he's doing like like in uh like in anime when they do the the cute little chibi stretches. Which Fortwan doesn't know about cuz he doesn't watch anime. But anyways, um so like I was saying before we all started recording, 
Uh, my fatal mistake in deciding that in choosing this uh, topic was that I don't play video games with protagonists. Mm-hmm. I play RTSs. I play uh, Harvest Moon games, which those aren't really. We d- we disqualified those because you can choose male or female, and it doesn't affect the game whatsoever. So they may as well not be female. Right. They could be. They could have the Apache attack helicopter gender, and it wouldn't matter. So, anyways, so uh. I almost lost the rest of my <laughs> shark bite on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been wonderful. Okay, so um. That was my fatal flaw. So I've been like racking my brains and struggling to find uh, enough female protagonists. And uh, my original definition was that they had to be someone who is player controlled. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this, that's the part where I'm stretching it. Because <coughs> uh, okay. this person is only player controlled in the very loosest sense of the term uh, at like one specific point in the game. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about Lily from uh, Pokemon Sun Moon slash Ultra Moon Ultra Sun whatever. Lily from the Sun Moon Pokemon games. Uh, is Lily one of the friends? Yes, it's the blonde one. Okay. Okay. The blonde one who keeps shoving Nebby in a bag. It's been a long time since I played Sun and Moon, so okay. you'll, you'll have to forgive me. Okay. <coughs> so. In the beginning of the game, you meet Lily, like, on a bridge. She's got this little, like, poofy cotton candy cloud Pokemon that looks like that looks like um, <clears throat> a pothead's drawing of a galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Am I wrong? No, I just... It's just a funny observation. Um, so... Uh, anyway, so, uh, Nebby doesn't like going in the bag, but, so Nebby busts out of, uh, like, Lily's backpack and is hopping around on this shaky bridge, and... Uh, Lily's trying to get Nebby up off the bridge before it breaks. That's when you're introduced to Lily. And she, at first, comes across as a very damsel in distress type girl who doesn't know what the fuck she is doing or what or anything at all, really. And, uh, yeah. Whatever. Nobody cares about the plot to Pokemon Sun Moon. As, as you know, you encounter her throughout your adventures. At one point, she does, like, follow you and. She summons Pokemon to help you out in battle, and she heals you. So she's in your party. That's why very okay. loosest definite part. She's she's on your team, generically so. Yes. That's why I'm stretching it. That's why I'm stretching. Okay. No, I I, I get it. I get it. But um, as you uh, proceed through the plot of Pokemon Sun Moon, you find out that Lily most recently escaped from like her her crazy mom's like compound and the reason that Mm -hmm. she doesn't know like any fucking thing at all about the world is because she's never left the compound before and Mm -hmm. she left because she had she's bubble girl yeah she left because she had to get away from her crazy mom and her like uh almost her like religious fanaticism and uh she just like packed a bag and stuffed nebby in the bag and noped out and um She's kind of just... Lo- Wasn't she trying to save Nebby, too? Yes. Yes, she was. Yeah. yeah she was also trying to save Nebby because Nebby was like an experiment. And uh, yeah. Lily's mom... Uh, basic, uh, Lily's mom is the primary antagonist of the game, uh, Lusamine. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, Lusamine 
goes on this like super evil rant later on in the game. Like you first run into Lucimine and Lily is like super nervous about being around her and on edge and stuff. But Lucimine comes across mm-hmm. as like a very nice, welcoming person. Um, and then at one point in the game, there's like this turn where you do something that kind of like ticked off or like Lucimine finds out that you've been helping Lily hide. <coughs> and she mm-hmm. goes on this like evil rant about how dare Lily like betray her um like all the love that she put into her and how dare she be such an ungrateful little child for betraying her this way and going against her like pretty perfect uh like vision for the world. I identified hard with Lily. Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. Like, some of the stuff that Lucimine, like, said in her, like, evil villain rant was, like, stuff that I've literally been told by my mom. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Lily, no wonder you don't know anything. Yeah. You're... So I, I identify hard with Lily, and as much uh, shit as I like to give Pokemon Sun and Moon, that was, like, one thing that I just loved about it was, like, Lily's little arc where she becomes, like, much more competent and less naive and more, like, knowledgeable about the world and how to, like, get along on her own without her mom's help. And how ironic, how ironic that it is in a Pokemon game that this happens. (laughs) Which was one of the major sticking points for your mom. Yeah. That's wonderful. Interesting. The world works in mysterious ways. So my daughter is really, really, really into Pokemon Sun and Moon, and I've been forced to watch Mm -hmm. the cartoon all three seasons multiple times, and I'm glad that Lily is more tolerable in the video game, Mm -hmm. is what I'll say about that. Now, Sun and Moon, is that the one where Ash finally wins? Finally wins. Because that's a thing. Ash never wins the world tournament or whatever it is. He never becomes the Pokemon champion. Yeah, so they just, I don't, I think they just released a second, like, series of the Pokemon journeys. um, But I haven't had to watch it yet because, thankfully, I've had to go to work. My husband's had to watch Pokemon journeys with my daughter. Um, Mm -hmm. But he he does win at the end, doesn't he? Like his Lycanroc beats the other the other guy's Lycanroc. Yes. He wins, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the first time it's happened in 20 years of this anime. Well. Where he wins a championship. I have found Ash, I don't know, I think it's just the repetitiveness of watching the same series over and over and over again. But it's like, that Pikachu is not the only Chokes. Pokemon that has won some unbelievable battles. Like, we, no, we just revisited true. Indigo League, and I'm like, you're really going to throw that Caterpie out? How dare you? How dare you? And then Caterpie wins. Yeah. What? Dude, he had the most badass Caterpie slash Butterfree in the world. Like, that is a world champion Pokemon by itself. That is the one you take through the Elite Four and you kill them for walls. Like, no, that Butterfree said, peace out, Ash. You really were going to trade me for a fucking Mankey? Really? I'm out, boy. I'm out. That's it. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah, there's there's some... There's some mixed messages in Indigo League, for sure. 
<laughs> Indigo League is like where I fell in love with Pokemon. I started watching the anime before I played the games, and then um, I because I came into the games probably about a year late. Uh, like all the craze had already started, and I had got into the games, and then still started with uh, red and blue though. So. Yeah, that's uh, Indigo League. But Lil- Lily was her name? Okay. It used to be my favorite name for a girl. Lily. I don't know why. I had that idea as a kid in high school. <laughs> Didn't know anyone named Lily. Uh, apparently that just broke fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> It would take a long time to explain, but Lily is an NPC in my a recurring NPC in my D and D campaign. Not this Lily, a different Lily. Her name's her sure, name's her I name's Lilandil. Uh, but the players can't be asked to learn that name, so her name's Lily. They can't do Lilandil. Nope, it's Lily. All right. Look, it's been three years. <laughs> Look, she's been in the campaign for like three the game for like three years now. So. I, Okay, but I got it's you. a long ass story, I and it, I just I just started cracking up. I have a really bad track record of naming females in my D and D games. Ah, uh-huh. I just I'm I, I you know you'd think you'd think I'd just like get a list of names printed up and just slapped on one side of my DM screen, right? Nope, nope. So uh, I'll just think, oh, what's the what's the chick's what's the wench's name at the bar? Um, um. Um, Laura. That's my ex's name. Her name's Laura. Um, no, never mind. Uh, fine. <laughs> and she hates your guts. No. <laughs> She's spitting there was, your There was literally one time I cycled through like five names, and it was a, each one was a different player's ex. Dude, I think your players have a lot of exes then. I know. Ow. And, like, rather hilariously... One of my, so one of my players there there was this sapphire dragon that they uh mm-hmm. they did some missions for and they're like hey, you know we want we want to get to know the boss a little let's take her out drinking and we're like ah oh, she's only fifty guys that's not legal drinking age in dragon years well it's legal drinking age in people years she can go dr- let's go <coughs> so they t- so they they and by the way what's your name and I, I had come up with this, like, overly complicated uh, Indian name. Not, like, e- Eastern India. And they, they couldn't pronounce it, so they just decided to start calling her Sasha. Mm. Okay. And uh, so, because, like, I, I wanted to avoid use, getting an ex's name, so I just started looking up, like, Indian women's names. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, we live in Nebraska, and I'm not going to pull one of the, those out of my hat. So, anyway, so they started calling her Sasha, and then one of the players, uh, he, um, he decided to keep writing love letters to the dragon Sasha. And then six months later, six months later, he hooks up with his high school girlfriend, whose name is Sasha. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So there's, yeah, so, yeah, eventually at one point he was... His girlfriend in D&D was named Sasha, and his girlfriend, IRL, was named Sasha. 
And it just, he, he didn't tell us that for the longest time. And he just kept giggling every time I was like, Sasha received your love letter and wrote you back. It does simplify mm -hmm. things, though, doesn't it? Mm hmm. I mean, mine's pretty. If I was in a D&D campaign, it'd be pretty easy to hit my ex's name, too. Kathy. I mean, like, how, how many people are named Kathy? A lot. So it, it would it would happen eventually. All right. Well, <clears throat> so we're off to number yeah. four. Um. So number four for me. Let me <coughs> let me check my order. I know the two, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with this one for now. So Senua from uh, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice, and I got this woefully confused with Setsuna one time from uh, uh, I am Setsuna. My bro my friend and I had a whole hour long conversation between each other while I was talking about Setsuna and he was talking about Senua and we didn't realize that we were talking about different people <laughs> for an hour until we got to a certain point that that story aside Senua from Hellblade uh, Senua Sacrifice is a character that is I would dare say nigh impossible to identify <laughs> she is from a um she is from a uh, what do you, I don't know how to describe it, but basically a a Viking tribe, maybe I would say, um, and she is going through some serious mental problems, like outright serious. You do not know what you are seeing as hallucinations or not. Um, however, it is uh, it is all because uh, you are sort of learning that her 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 guy has has since perished and you're basically on a journey to sort of like write things i guess but it's it's not really clear this whole game is a lot about figuring out what the heck is going on on top of discovering what she needs to do for herself and she is um she is a uh, as far as like personality goes. She is a very, at times, very brave individual, but is constantly scared shitless by all the horrible visions she is having, and or real things that are attacking her, or people. Um, so, <laughs> it's like it, it is an it is an interesting experience uh, and it is heavily suggested by the developers that you play this with headphones on um and actually yeah oh Pin? it's basically orpheus and eurydice plot yes got it okay but it is also extremely complicated like ex extremely so uh so much so, I have played this game, I loved it, and I don't remember half of it. Like, it was just, like, an experience. Um, it is a very intense game. I could not handle playing more than, like, maybe one or two levels at a time. Like, sometimes when you're into a game, it's like, okay, this is what I'm playing lately, and I'll play some things with some other people, maybe, but mostly I'm going to focus on this game. This game was like... I'm going to play this for like 
20 minutes and just do anything else the rest of the day. Like, I just, I can't handle that. You would hear, she had a lot of uh, internal dialogue that was spoken to you in different ears all the time. So you would come up in a situation and you would have the ideas sort of like, you know, you talk to yourself in your brain, like, what if I did this? What if I did this? But they were all different voices of her at different levels of energy, aggression, and all this kind of stuff. So you'd get like, uh, you'd come up on something and you'd hear someone whisper in your ear, like, run away, run away. And then you'd get like three seconds later, you'd be like, fucking kill him. And you're like, what? What's going on? It's just like, um, so. So it's an intense experience, like very what intense. Tor- what type of game is it? <clears throat> Hack and slash. I would. Ha- point and it click. It is not a point and click. It is an adventure game, and I would say there is combat in it that is akin to something like the newer God of Wars. Okay. So like an action game. Okay. Um. So. Uh, okay, yeah, because, like, my uh, Steve and I have gone uh, round and round about the genre that God of War falls into, and it's hack and slash light. Yeah, yeah, it, it is It is what we generally refer to as generic action adventure. Um, which, you know, we, we, we took that task of, of, of identifying what genres were for a long time and on this show. Uh so, the combat is pretty good, pretty pretty fluid and that kind of stuff. And there is a lot of combat, especially towards the end. So, it is a big focus on the game. But it's not really sure whether some of it's real or not. Um, like, there's, there's a... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's actually real. But there's a boss that is a crow. Like a crow man kind of thing. That is entirely creepy because he's mimicking things and f- teleporting around, and you got to like, oh, it's just, it's just, good. it's actually a lot of, um, a lot of stuff. <laughs> and there's like the the I would say the most intense thing is hearing her thoughts, uh, here and there, constantly. Like when you run across something and you get the whispering and the yelling and the screaming and the whispering and the sadness and the anger you're like all at once you're like huh well, please stop <laughs> please stop being in my head and that's why they tell you to play with headphones because they want you to be able to hear and they use that um directional sound stuff and if you ever heard that where it sounds like something's running towards you and then past you and that kind of stuff they use that as well so they'll make it sound like it's right in your ear or far away or something like that and it's just it's intense and Senua is a very strong and capable woman in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I, I, I'm wishlisting this. This I have famously there is a no, I have famously said over and over on this podcast, I don't like horror games. I don't like games that stress me out. But what I do like is properly applied unsettlingness and spookiness. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's and the way I would. It's not outright horror. It is just unsettling. Yeah, and that's yes. so. This sounds like my, this sounds like that kind of thing. So, 
I'm wish listing this mm-hmm. and putting it pretty high on my list. And yeah, I would probably have to play this on PC because I. Oh wait, switches have Bluetooth now. They do. And this is on Switch. Now, the sequel, as I understand, though, is Xbox Series X exclusive, which means PC. But <laughs> but um, they actually, as part of the announcement of the Series X, announced the sequel to this. So it's pretty high up on Xbox's, Xbox's grabs right now. This also won a bunch of game awards um, the year it came out. We're coming up on that again. That's just a few months away. That's something we do, Sasha, as we, we like to talk about the Video Game Awards. The uh, I don't know if you're aware of them. The the Oh, what is his name? Goodness gracious. The guy who runs them. I'm going to have to Google this. I feel bad, but... Uh, Teh. Immediately type Teh. The video game awards. Jeff Keighley. Oh, that guy! I remembered it before I... Yeah. I remembered it before I actually typed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, video game awards hosted by Jeff Keighley and ran and funded and organized by Jeff Keighley. Um, pretty good stuff. And they highlight a lot of great games. That Dragon that Dragon Cancers, that's where I learned about this. That's where I learned about this game. There's a lot of, like, Disco Elysium, I think, last year was a big winner. Uh, Hades was on there quite a bit last year. Hades um, won everything. Hades, yeah. Hades. I didn't know anything about Hades. I was hoping Doom Eternal would win something. It did not. It did not. Oh, well. Or Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter would have been nice to win something, but it did not. All right. So, Sasha, you're number four. Okay, so this is the only one on my list that I haven't I haven't played. I but I've watched my husband play the whole mm-hmm. game. Um, is perfectly fair. Yep. <laughs> um, so my choice is Amanda Ripley from Alien Isolation. Um, so, oh, I saw this on so, a list. I never played. Isolation. And did I steal another one from your list? Oh. I hope my husband's watching this right now because we we literally talked about this today. He's like, Chelsea, would uh would not Ripley from Alien Isolation count? I'm like, who's not Ripley? He's like, well, it's Ripley, but she's Ellen Ripley's daughter, and she's exactly like Ripley, and they call her Ripley, so she might as well be Ripley, but she's not Ripley. She's she's Helen Ripley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we had the, we uh- had this conversation during our road trip. Can- around town earlier continue yeah so um i am a big alien fan in general my my daughter's name is ripley um so Mm -hmm. i you know anything alien i'm instantly attached to so you he is totally right though she is she is ripley not ripley um but i think that there's an extra layer to her of um she's she is trying to find out what happened to her mom. So there's, if you spend the time to not only hide from the alien, but search, like read the computer logs, find there's audio logs and things you find out. She finds out what happens to her mom and she finds like a missing audio log that her mom recorded for her, which 
nod back to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I like Amanda Ripley in the sense that she is the same type of like no nonsense. These are the facts. Let's get through this. Let's get shit done. Just like her mom is, but she's an engineer, so slightly different than what her mom's um, specialty was. So this comes into play, sure. I think, pretty importantly um, in isolation because it's got really similar elements to like if you played. I know you've played Dead Space. Um, mm-hmm. Same same thing. Isaac is an engineer as well. So all of the upgrades, the um, like jury rigging, it, it. I think she takes like a some type of a tricorder and makes it into an alien tracker, so that then you can kind of see like a little blip. Um, on your radar of in general area where the alien might be because you got to be real quiet and sneak around because you can't bite at all. Um, Mm -hmm. You also have the option to um, be very crafty with the stealth versus uh, fight and disarm the androids that are on the space station, Uh, which I, I, I also really like. I think that layer of realism of she is not a fighter at all so if your if your plan of action is you know running into fight it's it's not gonna work so you have to really think like ripley to survive Mm -hmm. so i like it yeah i also love that there's no like cheesy love interest forced into the game like this guy is gonna save her or you know she's gotta sure got to save save some man and puts herself in in danger additional danger because of her love interest none of that is there so it's just bare bones science fiction i love it you know looking at my list senua has a lot of problems with that you know because a lot of it's about her deceased other but even laura croft goes through that somewhat but um Shelly Bombshell Harrison does not give a fuck about men. It just kills them all. <laughs> Calls them all pigs. It was <laughs> it's the only one on my list that probably doesn't care about a relationship. Probably. I don't know about the last one. Anyways, so Alien Isolation... Although I, I would find it hard to believe to care about a relationship when you're being hunted by an alien. Like, I, I would find it really hard. Like, you get, get a call. And yet, you've played Dead Space, right? Oh, yeah, no. Dead Space is all about <laughs> finding that woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, I, I find it funny though, because could you imagine he gets she gets like a drunken text while she's trying to run away from this alien? Like, I've missed you, babe. How are they? She's just like, not fucking right now, you ass. You up? You awake? <laughs> oh man. Oh geez. Real life is uh, not quite the same. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, Pan, uh, number four. You have one more after number four. Or is this your last one? Did you did you find another one? Okay, okay, okay. good, good, good enough. Probably. I do so, have number what's four. What's number four? 
So, um, okay. I mean, I, I will say that uh, it's kind of stretching it to call uh, David Cage Games games. They're choose-your-own-adventure okay. movies with quick-time events. I mean, isn't that what a dating sim is? Okay, never mind. You got me. You got me. Yep. We... Because we did dating sims. And those are some good games. <laughs> you got me. Okay. Now, I'm not shitting mm-hmm. on David Cage games. They're some of the best movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But, um... Mm-hmm. So, uh, Detroit Become Human. Um... <coughs> premise of Detroit Become Human is basically iRobot. Mm-hmm. Uh... In yes, Detroit. in Detroit. Um... It's, it's in the not-too-distant future... Uh, there are sentient robots, or there are sentient androids that look just like people that do all the, all the manual labor everywhere. There's rampant joblessness because, uh, basically all, like, non-art jobs are taken over by androids now. Like, all manufacturing jobs, all skilled labor, it's all taken over by androids now. Mm -hmm. And so, some people hate androids, but a lot of people... Just kind of have androids as like a house slave or whatever. And uh, there's a, uh, the, the plot of Detroit Become Human is that, uh, well, some androids are uh, becoming sapient and uh, like able to like exist outside of like what they're told to do and basically become indistinguishable from people. So. Blade Runner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Plus iRobot. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, very much like Blade Runner. So, um, Kara is a, uh, we're introduced to Kara. She is a, she is an android. Like, all three of the, all three of the characters you play as are androids. Um, there's Cop mm-hmm. Android, who's basically the cop from Twin Peaks. He looks just like him, too. Okay. There is, uh... Like, nurse android who, like, worked for, like, an artist. And then there's Kara. And Kara's, uh, Kara's owner is basically this alcoholic taxi driver, uh, and, uh, his, like, daughter. And, <clears throat> uh, Kara, we f- we're first introduced to Kara because she's, uh, her owner picks her up from being worked on. And, uh, she she's she's very sort of discombobulated because she can't remember what happened to her. But you know she just got sent in for warranty work. She's being picked up, and they go home. And he basically, uh, he tells her to go cook and you know feed the kid and all that jazz. And uh, very quickly you realize, uh, like, Kara is, he basically treats her as like his his abused wife. And uh, in the first couple of uh, sort of scenes you have with Kara and uh, her owner. Um, you realize that, <coughs> um, she was sent in for warranty work because he, like, threw her into a wall. Yeah, I, I think I remember something about this being, like, he just totally thrashed this robot yeah. a couple times. Yeah, and, like, the, the yeah. little girl, the, the the daughter, has, like, all kinds of, like, drawings of, like, her dad, like, breaking Kara, um, like, hidden away in her room. Mm. But Kara doesn't remember any of this, um... Anyways, so, like, she, like, drops a plate or something. I don't know. And it sets him off, of course. and 
or like the little girl does something and he goes to like um it's been a while since I watched it but he like goes to uh like hit the little girl and that like causes Kara to snap and um operate like basically disobey a direct order and that's that's yeah. like every every one of the ca- robots has a moment where like they disobey a direct order and they suddenly become sapient and able to think for themselves so he she disobeys a direct order uh from him to basically protect the little girl from uh being like abused by her dad like physically and uh then it turns into Kara's arc for the rest of the game is basically protect little girl while you're on the run Mm. And Kara okay. is like desperately trying to hide that she's a robot, um, and like because if they figure out she's a robot, they'll like look at her serial number like like under her on like the back of her neck or something, and take her back to her owner. And she cannot get caught mm-hmm. with like this little child that she's kidnapped. So, yeah. <coughs> um, so for her, uh, as as the game progresses, like different you know different things start happening, but. Uh, there's like this sort of mass awakening of robots and the the company that makes the robots and owns the license to them basically recalls all the robots. And eventually in one of the sort of endings, Kara and the little girl get caught. And then that's when you find out that um, Kara didn't know it, but this little girl that she's been like fighting to protect and keep away from the dad the whole time is also a little robot. And the angry, like, alcoholic mm. guy, um, like, basically bought a pair of robots to be his wife and daughter because uh, um, his wife left him, like, six years ago. Oh. Yeah. Because he's an asshole. But, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, <sighs> Kara is just, she's very crafty. She's very, thinks on her feet. And um, she's also canonically the first robot ever to, like, awaken out of a... Uh, uh, to sort of like snap and awaken. Hmm. So. Okay. Like she, she's very like, cause the, uh, like one of the other robots becomes like basically robot Martin Luther King. And she's very like removed because she's hmm. on the run the whole time. She's very removed from like all the activism going on. And all she's trying to do is like protect the little girl and like get her somewhere safe. She doesn't know where she's going. Cause she's a ro- She She hasn't figured that out yet. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But yeah, yeah. There's also like fun little like throughout Kara's story, there's fun little hints that like the little girl is not human. Like you never ever see the little girl eat. Hmm. And like they're like walking through a snowstorm and she's Kara's like, Oh, I gotta get you a coat or something. I mean, I'm not gonna freeze, but we've gotta keep you warm. She's like, Don't worry, Kara, I'm fine. And you th- Yeah, but yeah, the yeah, girl yeah, you think the little girl's you. being tough, but no, no, it's because yeah. she's a robot. Yeah. But yeah, um, the time went, because Steve, Steve and I basically rented the game for like a weekend, and there's like a billion different endings for each character. We we never got any good endings for Kara and the little girl robots. That's yeah. sad. They they ended That's up... That's very sad. They, they ended sadly. Hmm. Because they're basically choose-your-own-adventure book. It's basically choose-your-own-adventure book in Blade Runner. Okay. I mean, it's like I said, it was a, the dating sim. Like, uh, Yes. What was the one that you had me oh, play? Oh, God, I can't remember what it's called. It's some Japanese name. 
Steve, say it in the uh, chat if you're still watching. I'd have to minimize the screen that, that we are looking at on Twitch to see it. Um, it's the... It's the game made by 4chan. I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Basically, Sasha, if you don't know, it's a, it's an indie game it was made by a bunch of people on 4chan. That is, you are a guy who goes to a school full of uh, disabled individuals. And it's a school, like, there's blind, deaf, you know, paraplegics, you know, all sorts of stuff. And it's a dating sim on... Uh, which which girl are you going to be with? And it's actually really in depth and really heartfelt, and like extremely. Yeah, positive. It's, yeah, it's more about like how um, learning to accept, uh, sort of, yeah, and the his way like his own life has been yeah. derailed. Because yeah, he, mm -hmm. he basically yeah. Which is a a dil debilitating yeah. heart. Yeah, condition. like two minutes into like, the game. Like, as you're being introduced to him, he has a heart attack, and he finds out that he's basically uh, got a very weak heart, and he could die at any moment. Mm. Yep. And Fortwan died every time. And I don't remember the name of it. I did not die every time. I died twice in a row. And you're like, you didn't... And Pan was like, I didn't know you could die. I was like, apparently, you can die. And the way you can die is that you don't get in with any girl early enough in the game and you get drunk with some other kid on the roof and he pushes you off the roof and you die. Even die of a heart attack? No. Nope. He you got, get pushed he off got a building. drunk and fell off a roof. Yep. So this is why I don't drink. The stuff like this will never happen to You'll me You'll never get life. drunk with your schizophrenic roommate and fall off a roof? Nope. 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 My schizophrenic... Don't say that about Chauncey. He's a great guy. My brother. <laughs> Anyways. Um, all right. Katawa Shoujo. So, uh, Katawa Shoujo. Yes, Katawa Shoujo. Katawa Shoujo. There you go. It's free. So if you ever want to um, feel weird, because it's also very... Uh, lewd at times there is a non-lewdness but it is also lewd um anyways so uh fifth pick for the night uh for me i'm gonna end on a game rather popular lately but i think um she's a strong enough character to talk about and i enjoyed the game for its gameplay a lot which is celeste and celeste has a very big uh, message about mental health and it's all sort of a metaphor of climbing your own mountains essentially celeste is a platformer and a very high execution platformer and it's a lot about like dealing with your own demons and stuff um there's an actual literal representation of your negative self that kills you in the game like <laughs> there's like a, the the bad version of you and Celeste is uh, is about a girl who is just I think it's I think they're talking about depression a lot of what she's dealing with but there's also some other things, um, and just sort of like climbing that metaphorical mountain of what going through that is, 
And it's a pretty powerful story at times, but it's also an extremely difficult game. Uh, I have beat it. Uh, and it is it is fun. It's very popular on speedruns, if you've ever seen a lot of the awesome games done quick stuff. Um, it's on there a lot. There's a lot of mods up there. Uh, up there. And I, I don't know, it seems like both of you have not played or heard of Celeste. I have I've heard of it. My husband was playing it. Looks like it's like Meat Boy difficult, and that's not not mm-hmm. my ball game. No, no, no. It, it's it's rather difficult. It is a execution heavy platformer for sure. A buddy um, of mine. Um. Oh yeah, he's you know him, Devin. Uh, Devin super loves this game. This is one of Devin's mm-hmm. favorite games. So I've heard about it. He but he's yeah. he's he loves speed running yeah, no, and he it, loves Super Meat Boy. So. Yep. Um. I enjoy watching speedrunning. I'm not sure there's a lot of problems I have with the mentality of speedrunning sometimes, but... <laughs> well, speedrunning um, and Monster Hunter. Not just Monster Hunter. Not just Monster Hunter. Um, <coughs> I will say this. My, my, just, to, just to not have this in the dark. I don't really like when people just call um, people who don't speedrun casual players. It doesn't make sense. There's so many different ways to play a game, and casual and speedrun are not two. There's not only two ways. So I don't get why that has become a thing in the speedrun community. But anyways, that aside, um, the 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 things in Celeste are... It, it, this is another one that came up with the Game Awards for games with a purpose. And... The purpose of this was about exploring Celeste's difficulties and mentality and stuff. There's there's some pretty uh, poignant conversations with her mom at the beginning and stuff like that. And a lot of what she's dealing like the bosses and stuff she's dealing with is sort of like mental representations of what she's going through in life. And it's actually really cool. Um, and someone who has battled depression before, it was actually kind of... Uh, I connected with me in a lot of ways when I played it. Um, so yeah, that was, it was a good game, but I I guess that's it. So, (laughs) uh, Sasha, we'll, uh, move on to your last one. All right. So I'm going to stretch the rules as well for my last one. Um, because one Mm -hmm. of the other rules was that we, uh, going on with the, if it doesn't matter if it's a male or female protagonist, don't bring it up. But the way I'm going to stretch the rule here is I think it matters in Dragon Age Inquisition if you play as a male or a female and which race you play. And I... Oh, yeah, that certainly matters in either Dragon yep. Age. Yeah. Um, so I I am specifically going for the Lady Lavalon in... Dragon Age Inquisition, which is the Dalish elf, uh, the female character, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna die on this hill. This is the canon Inquisitor. This is this is who they intended you to play as to get the whole story. Pan, give it to okay. me. Lay it oh on no, me. no, no. Um, going back to the, I'm about to start some shit on our Discord. But going back to the uh, discussion that inspired this night, I will die on the hill that that Revan is canonically female. I will die on that hill, and that's why I see no problem if they are forcing you 
to be female Revan. That was the one true Revan all along. So I don't get what the problem is. <clears throat> See, this this is what I missed with that conversation because I thought both of I thought his standpoint was like, hey, they should include the female. I didn't know that they were talking about discluding the male. I didn't. By the way, nobody's okay. That's yeah, where I by got the way, nobody's confused. Discuss, nobody brought that up. Nobody is saying you can't. It's just that uh, the trailer for the trailer had a lady voiceover for Revan. Sure. So, but I will die on the hill that Revan is female. Continue. Gotcha. Okay, so my hill that I'm dead on is um, I I really believe that in order to get the full Inquisition story, you have to play as the Dalish Elf. And I learned this on my third playthrough, because <laughs> my first playthrough I played as a human, a uh, female, because Cullen. <sighs> mm-hmm. And then um, my second playthrough, I wanted to play as a human male, just to like explore the, the other romance options. So then my third run, um, I was like, well, let's let's try the Dalish Elf because Solus is, you know, just not interested in my pasty white. <laughs> so, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised at the difference in the dialogue with Solus. Um, I found him to be like a really grating, annoying party member um, playing as a human, but playing as an elf, he is. He is very loving. He's very charismatic. He's he is smooth, very smooth. And um, I like. Well, see, there's there's this thing that guys do that that like, hey, I have a chance with this girl. I'm not gonna be an asshole for one. No, 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 no. It's not even like that. He is like okay. He he uplifts essentially like your nameless character because the whole he's he's very much sure. like you need to you need to be proud of who you are you're a dalish elf you um because in inquisition in all of the dragon age games there's this whole bit about like magic is bad and the mages should be controlled but the dalish elves have never yes. never been subjected to that level of control so i mean solus is uh, a protect an antagonist i would say um in Inquisition and is very likely going to be the main antagonist in the next game. And I don't think you're going to get that without playing as his love interest in Inquisition. Cause I was blindsided oh. by the additional amount of lore that came with romancing him. There's um, ex- an extra mm. cutscene as well. That's outside of all the lovey dovey stuff where he takes her um, to explore and learn more about the Dalish Elves. And I think it's your first kind of reveal for the major spoiler of the game that you would mm. not have gotten without playing as a female Dalish Elf. Yeah, you're kind of half convincing me to play Dragon Age as much as I only liked number two. If you liked number two... Think of the positive things from 2, which would have been the improvement in the game mechanics and the fighting systems. All of mm-hmm. that carries over to 3, but, uh, you know, there's like 12 different maps instead of 2. Yeah, I know. I, so. yeah, I understand. 
I understand why two was the inferior one, but two was the one I played because it's the one I could stand to play and at the time. You fight actual dragons in Inquisition, like a ton of dragons. Hmm. You work up to fighting one dragon in number two, just one. And I don't remember. I never got far enough in one to to, to really. Uh, you don't fight a. I don't. You don't fight a real dragon. You fight the archdemon, which is like looks like a dragon in Origins, and then you mm. fight Flemeth, who is a witch. Mm. Takes on like a dragon form, but no real dragon. Oh. But yeah, so I. It's a, it's... That's my. That's my. Uh, my hill that I'll die on about Inquisition is it. it is intended to be played as a female Dalish elf. Can you be a male dwarf? I, I think you can play as dwarves. I've played it. I've not played the game through as a dwarf. Yes, you can because so my very first time playing through Inquisition, I didn't finish this character because I picked female dwarf because I wanted to romance Varric, and I was pissed when I found out that I couldn't. So I deleted the save, started it over, and then did the the human there's a, female. There's there's a certain reason why I identify with dwarves. It just... Is it the beard? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've always said dwarves are my spirit animal. <laughs> Yeah, so you can be a not orc, you can be a human, you can be an elf, or you can be a dwarf. Oh, not orc is in off-brand orc. Gotcha. The canary. Gotcha. Diet orc. Yeah. Diet orc. That sounds <laughs> terrible. Diet orc. <laughs> oh boy. Now I, I've see the thing is I like. I like the Dragon Age idea, right? I like a lot of things they do in those games. But I hate Mass Effect so much that I'm just like... And a lot of it is... A lot of it is, is A, Male Shepherd. I do not identify with Male Shepherd at all. It is not like... Bro I, Shepherd? <gasps> yeah. Hey, no. I Fem cannot... Shepherd is also Bro Shepherd, okay? That at least Fair. is believable she, that, like, Fem Shep is a space marine, <laughs> that she'd be a bro, too. Yeah, I just, I, I cannot identify with Shepard, and I, I, as I've said many times in this podcast, for some reason, space is, is that, that is a setting that I'm just immediately very critical about. I am just a, it might be the fact that I watched so much Star Trek with my dad growing up that I just, I, I I'm just over it immediately. Like, I'm not... And then all the humanoids are, like, humanoid-looking, and then not, like, blobs or, like, scorpions or what whatever crazy thing could be out there in the universe. They all look humanish. <laughs> now, granted, yes, Mass Effect has some different things. I know this. I, I um... But, yeah. They I, are... In the same universe, though, because as a person who finds every possible codex entry that I can, there mm -hmm. are Easter eggs for both franchises. Back in, and forth. Yeah, in each one. Okay. Yep. I'm not against that, but Dragon Age is more my speed of setting. You know, sword and sorcery. So I might, I might, I might try to delve into that. And knowing me. 
I'm going to try to delve back into Origins because I want to get the whole story. I've done two. I love Origins. I, I still think Origins is my favorite of the three, but it is not it is not the best mechanically game. But I think if you're going to play no, I know, PC, I know. it's fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, I would I would be replaying these on PC now that I have. Because at the time, I was purely console because that's what I could afford, right? Now I'm... I'm on, you know, this baller PC that we're recording on, so I can do that. So we'll see. That I I'm thinking about Mass Effect. And it would I don't know. I don't know how I would act playing as a female in in, in a game cuz I normally don't do that. And and there's a I had a whole reason why I don't do that. Oh. If I can choose. I know because this is of all the herbal the herbal essence commercials my friends did during D and D playing female characters and trying to hit on all the guys and sleep with all the guys and stuff that they did. Like, I was just like, this is just wrong and terrible and I want nothing to do with this. And I am not associated with, with these people anymore. Like I was, just like, I was so over it. So I tend to take the stance of like, I cannot, think like a person that i am not entirely i can do that as an orc apparently <laughs> i feel no problems thinking like an orc but no 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 don't you start this pan no not... <laughs> i'm dying i'm dying uh, what so one of my most railed ecologies was about orcs and how i was not uh, I was what both racist and homophobic for writing about orcs, which I am not. Spoilers, I am not. I just. But that's what it boils down to. Orcs are gonna be forever. I mean, with you four torn, I just can't help it. <gasps> it's sad. It was my most popular article I ever. I know. By far. By Controversy far. Controversy sells, man. I know. My voice just so, died. Uh, <laughs> do you have a kind fifth of. one, Pan? Because you're you're up next, kind of. I'm gonna turn off my mic for a minute and cough really bad. Okay. So yeah. Uh so Dragon Age. I'm gonna look that up now, and it's probably gonna pop up on the screen. Yep, it did. The store. Uh, good old games. Da, da 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 da. I know that good old games has them all. Are you talking, fan? You're no longer talking. I didn't turn the mic back on. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm Kay. back, and uh, my voice is temporarily back. All right, so I debated, I debated back and forth whether or not to count this one, um, and uh, yeah, Steve and I actually spent a while discussing this one. It's the one I uh, mentioned in the chat. Uh, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna. This one doesn't really count as a fifth. This one's an honorable mention. Uh, this one's an honorable mention as a what I'm gonna call a non-male protagonist. But it wouldn't really okay. be correct to call them female. 
Um, and the game isn't really clear, isn't 100% clear for a couple different reasons. But I'm talking about Naoto Shiragani from uh, Persona. Uh, God, Persona 4. Yeah, mm -hmm. Persona 4. I, I didn't want to get the number wrong. So, uh, Persona 4 is a... It's 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 hard to it's a JRPG. That's the bro in broadest terms. It's a JRPG. Um, there are mysterious yeah life slash sim. life sim. <laughs> um, yeah. And there are there are mysterious murders happening in a small idyllic Japanese town up in the mountains, and you gotta use your powers of diving into the human psyche to solve the murders. And along the way, you make friends with other people from this small town, and. You help them sort of explore parts of their own psyches that they have closed off to themselves. Like that's that you get you get stronger the more honest you are with yourself. So the game is about like helping uh, your friends become more honest with themselves about how they really are deep down inside. So mm -hmm. um, Naoto Shiragane is uh, they're a private detective. Uh, they're they are sort of a celebrity in-universe uh, known as the Detective Prince. Um, they're basically a teenage whiz kid who is just... They're 15-year-old they're Sherlock Holmes, essentially. And uh, as you find out, um, going through your adventures through the collective psyche of this small town, Naoto has a pretty big dark demon hidden down deep down inside their psyche. So you're like, well, we got to deal with this demon because yeah. it's gonna it's gonna wreck some shit, and we gotta we gotta go deal with it. So come on, Naoto, deep down in your psyche we go. And Naoto like resists super hard, and uh, they won't let you get any. They won't. They don't want to do it. But eventually, they have no choice to, but to confront this big part of themselves that they've closed off. Uh, and that's when you find out that uh, Naoto uh, was born female. And they have mm. completely closed off to themselves and denied that they are female because uh, Naoto's uh, deepest, uh, highest uh, dream for their life is to become, is to become a, uh, a police chief like their grandpa. Um, but, uh, you know, this, this takes place in Japan, uh, but Japan is very sexist and a woman is never going to make it as a cop. And... Um, you know, uh, they they sort of adopt. You know, they started dressing more masculine. They they dropped their voice. They cut their hair super short. Uh, Naoto looks like an anime boy. Mm -hmm. It can get a little hard to tell with some like you know fanciful anime art. But now, very very yeah, androgynous. But Naoto looks yes. male. Uh, everyone calls Naoto male. Naoto called the detective prince, and uh, Naoto's deep dark secret is that they're a girl. Hmm. And, um, so Naoto's, uh, sort of personal quest, um, is to sort of, uh, become comfortable, uh, in their own skin and sort of accept themselves as a girl. Um, now there's, hmm. this game came out in, like, 2008, um, and by the end of it, by the time Naoto becomes, like, actualized and open and completely honest with themselves, they have accepted that they are, uh, that they are feminine and they start dressing more femininely and start using female pronouns. However, <clears throat> there's a lot of sort of identification with Naoto being trans and, you know, and the game came out in Japan in 2008. So, you know, mm -hmm. over a decade ago. So, 
at the time, it was very out of left field to have a major character uh, in a in a mainline big name Japanese uh, JRPG, Japanese JRPG. Uh, but it was it was way out of left field to have uh, a non-binary character in a triple A title come out of Japan. So sure. Uh, yeah. Naruto gets an honorable mention because they're a very sort of interesting non-male protagonist. And their sort of um, journey to begin accepting themselves is uh, super interesting. And funnil- funnily enough, um, there's another character, uh, Kanji, who his deep dark secret is, uh, is that he's gay. Like, straight up. He, he is gay, mm-hmm. and there is this... There is this tension in parts in the first half of the game where you think where Naoto is presented as a male, and Kanji feels like super nervous uh, around Naoto uh, because he, he he thinks Naoto's cute, but he can't admit that to himself. And Kanji like kind mm. of has this ident- like personal crisis when he finds out that Naoto is a girl because he thought mm. he'd like made so much progress accepting himself as gay, and then he found out that like he. He he's so confused with himself for thinking that this uh, apparently girl was cute, and he's so confused. But they were purposely trying to. I, I get it. Yeah, but they were purposely trying to yeah, be male. Yeah, yeah, right? but yeah, Kanji so, himself is like very yeah. very confused about that. Um, but Super wants to be friends with Naoto and has no idea how to talk to a girl because he's never needed to. <laughs> Gaia. Gaia. So yeah, anyways, mm. Naoto honorable mention as a as an interesting non male protagonist. But yeah, like Steve and I went round and round over okay. whether or not Naoto would be cons- should be considered male or female, and apparently it's kind of hotly debated in the fandom. Sure, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of hotly debated too. Oh Naoto yeah, yeah. As well, so <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it, it it certainly is. So there you go. And then I'm done. Okay. Um, do you have any other honorable mentions, Sasha? I have two. I have three. I do not. Okay. So here's the one that didn't make the list because I found uh, Senua. And I wanted to talk about Senua more than her, which is Bayonetta. I have played the Bayonetta games. Um, Bayonetta is very much, I'm a strong woman... And I will own my sexuality and wrap you up in my hair and kill you. Um, it's an okay game. I very much enjoy those style of games, but Bayonetta is a little too difficult for me um, at times. I need to play at a lower difficulty, but my idiot, idiot, stubborn nature wants to play at a higher difficulty because I like to think I'm good at video games. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, I've been replaying through No More Heroes for Bickering Bucks because we're going to be doing um, No More Heroes 3 that just came out. And I uh, started playing through 1 and 2. I straight up put it on easy mode for 2. I was like, I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm going to go easy mode. And I had so much more of an enjoyable time than I would have. Because even on easy mode, it was just like, this just, I just whatever. So Bayonetta. Uh, the other uh, two honorable mentions I have, uh, th- I don't think they qualify um, for this list based on, A, one of them is just not really a character. You just play as a girl. It has no bearings whether you're male or female, and that's Jill of the Jungle. is a, That is a namesake from an old Apogee software game. We're talking like 
eighties, nineties. Oh, this is some pitfall looking stuff. Yep. Jill of the Jungle was a pseudo popular game at the time. My dad had it. I played it on his computer. It's okay. The only fact is that it's named after Jill of the Jungle. That's it. There's not anything about her being a character or anything like that. She just lives in the jungle. Something pissed her off and she's going to go it's kill the bad guy. It's free on GOG. Yes, it is absolutely free because it is open source software that is, a, I think it's <coughs> abandonware this time. But it uh, used to be Apogee software, I believe, which is um, super old stuff. Um, and then the other one uh, doesn't qualify because you can always pick the male version of this character. But in my head, canonically, this person is always female because of the voice actress. And that is Lee Ming. It was what the game name gave her in Heroes of the Storm, the female wizard in Diablo 3. Um, having Azula from Avatar The Last Airbender be the voice actor makes this canonically the wizard in my brain. Um... She even shares some of the same voice lines as she does from the anime. Um, ex a lot, actually. That's um, the joke. And is a character. Yeah, I know. It is the joke. And and uh, Li Ming is also... That's just what they named her in Heroes of the Storm. They just gave those characters names. That's You can make her any name. And she doesn't qualify because technically you're not really... She's whatever you make her as far as a character goes. But she does have definition as a character. But that definition as a character also applies to the male counterpart. It just depends on which one you pick. It has nothing to do with her gender. Basically, the backstory of Li Ming is they're a wizard. And in the Diablo universe, that's a bad thing. Because wizards are hunted and killed by assassins. Because wizards delve into magics that are forbidden and unknown to... The religious order that order that because, that because wizards be doing magic. wizard shit. <laughs> uh, specifically because they delve into arcane energy, and if in a D and D world, that's kind of normal magic stuff. Uh, all of the magic in Diablo world is elemental. So if you out delve outside of the elemental, you go into the arcane arts. You are considered dangerous because it is not able to be controlled. Uh. And they have a whole specific order called uh, called the Assassins to kill wizards. The funny thing is, you actually get to play as the Assassin Order, the namely the Assassin, in Diablo 2 before you even learn or even know about the wizards in Diablo 3. This was some serious, like, back storytelling that they did a lot in Diablo 3. So I don't know. It's It was always interesting to me. I think they're, the wizard is one of the more interesting classes lore-wise. Because, I mean, barbarian. Yay, we came from the mountains. We're the barbarians. We protect this mountain. This is something that we've been doing for ages. Like, that's interesting in a way, but it's not as interesting as the forbidden arts kind of thing. So, and that's it. That's this. That's my three honorable mentions. Oh, yeah. Also, other honorable mention was Siri, but I can't distinguish her enough from book Siri. The Witcher. Siri. Where? Oh, oh, I was thinking, like, Siri, where is this on your phone? I was, that, that, yeah. Sorry. But she runs together with a book Siri too much in my head, so. I, so she, she's a book character, not a video game character to me, so that's why. 
The only the only book character I've ran across in that universe is Yennefer so far. Because I've only listened to the three books now, and Yennefer is only mentioned in two of those books. They're very so. on again, off again. They spend whole decades like, uh, like quasi off. Yeah, Yennefer sucks every time, though. I don't know. She just peaced out on two guys at the same time in the one I just read. Oh, so. that story is brutal. You, you finished it. Mm-hmm. Ah, so you see that it did not it did not end the way that I expected it was going to end. I actually kind of expected her to just bail on both of them, being like, "I love both of you." Oh no, I don't I'm talking about what Vilgeforts does to to the Witcher. That I didn't expect that, or is that not the same story? Is that a later thing that happens with Vilgeforts? Basically, Geralt tells him, no, I'm not fighting you. Goodbye. Oh, so, no, there's going to be a fight. Walks away. There's going to be a fight. Yeah, Vilgefortz comes okay. back. Okay, that's in a way late. That's, that's in a different book, then, because that's not how it ends in the one I read. Because because the Witcher's like, you're not worth it. Yeah, you're like, like what, what is the point? She doesn't want you. And then he realizes on walking back, she doesn't want him either. Because he knows what's in the letter. It was actually a very solemn, like, somber love story. More than anything. Yeah. Love story. It is about love. It doesn't mean that they're actually in love. Look, there, there's a cosmic story, power better? binding their destinies together. They can't help themselves. They're also, look, they're also two kind of terrible people, so they may as well contain the toxicity with each other. I will say, as an aside, I am glad that you got this book for me, Pan, because I wouldn't have done it myself. Um, uh, Also, I did not realize those, those tonics really mess with Geralt. And they do not. They do not. Oh talk yeah, no, about that in no. The game you just you just all. chug him down. I know. No, no. Yeah, no. If he drinks a one in the book, he's like, ah, oh, this is gonna fuck me up. But uh, vampire's gonna fuck me up worse. Got to. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a do or die situation with those tonics. Whereas like, I remember in the first game, they're like, use the tonics. Damn it, use the tonics. And I'm like, I don't want to use the tonics. I don't like using drugs. Stop it, game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Oh man, it's all. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I, it's it's been in, it's been enjoyable, but um. So I want to tease the audience a little bit on next week. We're gonna have Ace back, and we're gonna have Ace back long term. So there's gonna be four of us again. Um. So Sasha, Pan, myself, and Ace, and we're gonna talk about the the silent protagonist in video games, and. We're, uh, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to bring a series to the table and say, should this protagonist be silent anymore? Yes or no? And arguments as to why they shouldn't or should be, and this is basically we're just bringing the table and having a discussion on them. I don't think that we need to bring five each. I think that's a little much. Uh, so probably three. Cut it down to three. Um, I could think of about seven that I could do. So I'm going to blur it right out, you know, put out the whole list, put myself last. So I'm not overlapping with people. And then 
Because I'm sure that Pan, you and I are going to fall on some of the same ones, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Sasha, I'm sure you're going to have a unique perspective uh, as, as to which one should and shouldn't be silent because you play a lot of different games than we do, usually. So, I'm excited for this one. I'm really excited for this one because this is something that, uh, ever since Monster Hunter Stories 2, really aggravated me. And how much that protagonist is silent but also not silent and also a dickhead for being silent or whatever you want to call the girl version that you pick <laughs> but the guy i called him a dick i did it so much that in fact i actually put there's an option to show your helmet or not show your helmet and i purposely started wearing helmets and saying show helmet so you couldn't see his facial expressions to make him more of a believable asshole this is how far this game went for me on the silent protagonist. And I was just like, no, don't do this. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I just, I think it's a good idea. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but it, I, I think it's something that uh, I'm at least very fired up about. So next week, that's what we'll be doing. And Ace will be back on a longer term basis because his work schedule changed. So, yay. And hopefully he figures out his uh, internet issue, because that was really rough the first ten minutes last week. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening, uh, and we'll we'll catch you next week. Um, this, you can catch us for later updates and that kind of stuff at Hunter Sub Pod on Twitter, or here on the Discord, and of course, if you're already watching on Twitch, uh, Hunter Sub Pod as well. Um, Thank you, Pan and Sasha, for joining me tonight. And hopefully uh, people have some more female characters to play as. Or look at, at least. Yeah. Well, I think it came out wrong. Um, games to look at with female protagonists. There you go. There you go. Had to back that one up. Man, I made it through the whole episode not sounded like a, like a sexist the whole time. And then I, there you, I go. You were this far from home! I just, I just <laughs> fucked you up. <laughs> Alright, good night, everybody! Good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye. We'll leave on that note. <laughs> uh... You know... I gotta... I gotta.